We all love stories. There's no denying the power of a story. We all have fond memories of sitting on a parent's knee or a grandparent's knee, listening to an engaging story when we're children. We can think back to sitting around a campfire, listening to an engaging story and being riveted by the suspense. We're social beings. Stories are part of our history. They're part of our humanity. Are you using stories to share your information? Are you using stories to engage your audience? Are you using stories in your presentations? If you aren't, maybe you should be. Welcome to another session of the Learner's Mindset Discussion. I'm Dr. Dwayne Harapnik, and my esteemed colleague is Dr. Talissa Thibodeau. Today we're going to be talking about presentations. Actually, more specifically, we're going to be talking about the importance of telling a good story, a really engaging story. Now, some of you are thinking, well, didn't you just say you're going to be talking about presentations? Well, isn't a presentation different than telling a good story? Well, I would argue that really good effective presentations incorporate storytelling uh duart it's is it it's nancy duart um the the author of the book resonate makes his argument as do many other people who focus on presentations and engaging people and motiv motivating people to action so um the reason that that this has come up is that you know we recently had an opportunity to tell a good story at a presentation. What are your thoughts on this, this, this storytelling idea before we really jump into the details of this? Actually, at that same conference, I got to listen to a, a former professor, and her name was Dr. Annabelle, and she told her story about how she became a researcher and very passionate about social-emotional social IQ um, and, and that emotional quotients that people have. And what's wonderful about her story is that I can now tag in my memory very specifically the story of her son and and all of the interactive things that she did with us in the keynote address um, that will never I'll never forget her based on that I'll never forget her story why she became passionate about what she became passionate about and how she told her story and so I thought this would be a great topic for us to explore today because we have opportunities all the time to tell our story through a presentation. As a matter of fact, in our own research, we just uh, told our story last week. So this is a this is very timely of a topic for us. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it is timely. And, and to just provide a context, we were at a TextDLA um, conference. We presented our, our research on feedback. We're, we're presenting academic research, <laughs> which can be kind of dry stuff, but we we did tell stories and we set up the presentation in such a way that we actually didn't bury the lead. We presented the findings and we identified the key things that would be important to people uh, about the feedback and what we had learned. And we confirmed um, some of our assumptions and we used jokes and, and other things within the presentation so that people would remember it. Now you had mentioned something, you had taken in a presentation and you remembered it because the person told the story. Well, um, I did a midterm diagnostic last week 
And it, it's always interesting when I uh, have students respond to what's working, what's not. Almost every time I do a midterm diagnostic, one or two or three, or depending on how many students are in the class, there's a few students who will comment on the fact, appreciate Dr. H's stories about his boys, about his life, about his family, right? They appreciate that because it connects what we're doing, what I'm doing to the real world. It also makes me a real person. Yeah. I, I think it's deeper than that. I've been looking at the research on this. And, and if, you, if you think about little kids, what do kids want to do as soon as they can, as soon as they're walking, they walk up to you with a book and yeah. they're poking you with a book and they want to be told a story. Uh -huh. We're social beings. We're social entities. We engage in other people's lives by listening to stories. That oral tradition, I think, has never, ever gone away. People like hearing a story because it, it provides an opportunity to live vicariously through that story and through that other person's experience and, 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 and what is happening. So telling a story is extremely important. So to add on that, when you're telling a story, you're not just standing up there delivering content. You're connecting with people. And that's the difference. I find that um, a lot of our, you know, um, Adobe sessions that we run through our classes in the DLL program, we are very conversational style. We want to connect with people. When I'm looking at some of the, and marking some of the, the work that students are doing, I'm looking to see what resonates with them, what resonates with me. I'm looking for that, that personal connection piece. It's not just about, you know, regurgitating content and giving it back or, or taking, you know, standing in front of a crowd and saying, this is what we did. <laughs> it's kind of in a robotic way and traditional, you know, lecturing that we've seen, but telling the story and engaging with the students and giving them opportunities to engage back with us and connecting personally on that personal level, I think makes all the difference. It also shows that we care and that we are human beings. You know, my son walks up to me. It was last Friday. I'm as tired as can be on a Friday. And he comes up to me and he's like, Mom, can you please read this book? Now, I've read this book. It's about dinosaurs probably 15 times since we've got it. But it never gets old. Because each time I tell the story, you know, I point different things out or I share different things. And he finds different things. And he builds on that story to learn new things about dinosaurs he didn't know before. So storytelling, and we can do this visually through presentations, is key to connecting with kids and adults, all of us. So, and look at the smile you generated by me telling a story about my son. <laughs> well, the reason I'm smiling, and, and this, is, this is a key point. When you were talking about, you know, you've read the book 15 times, I'm thinking, oh, wow, you're just getting started. Because <laughs> there are some books that I read to my boys 30 or 40 times, but seeing their eyes light up, seeing their engagement, seeing them touch the page, seeing them ask questions as they got older or listening to those questions. It, it, it took me back to a time where my boys were the same ages as your children. An amazing time. And you're right. It brought a smile to my face because I felt what you were talking about. I felt that. And it warmed my heart. That's the power of stories. We, we, we 
encourage the notion of emotional quotient. We encourage the notion of having people feel about things. You know, the, the whole social justice movement really is about fairness and equity. And there's some amazing things that we have in that. But part of that is feeling those amazing and wonderful things. You, you don't have to be upset. You can also be um, invigorated. You can be enlightened. You can be encouraged to those feelings. But you can also give people an opportunity to experience something that they possibly have experienced. I, I think of a, a story about mapping the learner's journey that I use in 5313, where I talk about my two boys. You know, my older son is a Google guy or actually he's an Apple guy. He listens to Apple Maps, follows it, and when he's on his motorbike or he's driving the car, he's got his headphones in his ear, and, and, and if, if Apple takes him down the wrong road, he goes down the wrong road, right? He's, not, he's just trusting Apple to direct him to where he needs to go. My younger son, Caleb, is more of a big picture guy. He'll look at where Apple is directing him, but then he recognizes, hmm, boy, if I go down that route, you know, Apple has missed the fact that there is construction there. I knew that because yesterday I drove down that road and I'm going to run into trouble. And so even though Apple hasn't, you know, identified that problem, Caleb sees that problem and he's going to go around it. You know, he's got the ultimate goal of getting to a destination. He's using Apple to help him get there but at the same time he keeps that bigger goal in mind and he recognizes different landmarks along the way so that the whole idea of mapping a learner's journey um, and if we get too caught up in the step-by-step -step instructions it can actually get us into trouble so we have to find that balance between knowing where we're going that final destination having some steps to guide us through the things that will be useful, but at the same time, having that ability to make those adjustments, you know, to that destination based on those goals or landmarks as you go along. So, you know, finding that type of a balance. Well, using that type of a story is easy because we all have people like Levi and Caleb in our families, right? You know, my, my wife and, and Levi are the same. They follow Google. You know, Caleb and I are very different. You know, Google is, or, or Apple, you know, they're just tools we use as we, you know, know where we're going. And so people can identify with that. And so we can take this idea of helping a person get to a destination. Well, guess what? When you build a course, you're helping a learner get to that destination, yeah. right? And sometimes those, that journey is going to take different ebbs and flows as things happen <laughs> there's nothing like the real world to actually put you know a dent in your best laid plans because guess what you've got to make that adjustment you've got to pivot uh, maybe you've got to turn around and go an alternate route you know, to get to that destination and so that idea of mapping that journey that story helps people understand that they can experience it they can feel it and in it it's it's the way we work it really is the way that we work and and i think it's important for us to remember that so when we're presenting if we don't actually engage people in some sort of a story we're just conveying content data and that's boring that's not engaging and it's not important I, I think we owe it to our learners we owe it to our audience to engage them in a story that is going to help them to make that meaningful connection. And you, yes, I, I agree with all of that. And you brought me back to something that I, you know, didn't think about 
as much as when we started restructuring our presentations to really rely on visuals, how important visuals are. If you think about a child who goes through a storybook, they can't read and they really rely on those visuals to tell that story and they might, you know, put words to it and they're learning to talk and they're, they're mapping their, their journey right through that story, figuring it out. But what we've done with our, our presentations is we've turned them to more visual storytelling. So we're actually connecting, resonating, and helping folks that are in the audience um, build their understanding based on some of the visuals. So we, we throw some research in there with some bar graphs, and we talk about that, and we ask folks what they think. We throw some comics in there and get people stirred up and laughing. So we really do tell our story through visuals, but, but through our words, we're helping connect those dots for folks and helping that they will then do that too. Think about our student that co-presented with us. Everything he shared was his story. So he stood up and said, this was my experience, this is what I learned, and I wouldn't have made the connections I made if I didn't have this experience. And he, he told a good story, and I thought, I will not forget this based on that story. Personally, I think I need to get better at storytelling, um, and, and, but it does put us in a bit of a vulnerable position. We have to tell a story that we had, maybe we had a learning curve through that. And, and that to me is taking a, a, a bit or a morsel and building on that and, and sharing that. That helps people connect with us. So sharing stories and that visual storytelling piece, so important. So thanks for bringing that to my attention so that I can share this. Well, again, to make that connection, the visuals that we use in our slide decks are, are really almost certain destinations on the journey. They're yeah. landmarks. They're, they're, they're ways that we can help people to visually identify where we're taking them um, intellectually and mentally and, and potentially uh, emotionally. So, you know, those, those are landmarks. Those are extremely important. You know, when you talk about some of the vulnerability and, and, and sharing that, that comes out when we share a story. I, I think of a couple of the chapters of, of the ebook where you shared your personal story, our, our COVID ebook, um, about your, your experience with your daughter and, and the situation that she is in that you are experiencing. And, and I've had some students comment on that to me, um, that, that those are highlight chapters because you shared something that was important to them and they had a similar experience with their kids, right? Uh -huh. So sometimes those stories enable people to identify with us in ways that the data doesn't really move them. And sometimes, you know, we need to recognize or keep on going back to that notion that the head won't go where the heart hasn't been. We need to recognize that we are moved, you know, through um, an emotional perspective and then we rationalize and then we work with it. So, you know, those stories make that world a difference. The images uh, make the difference. You know, I, I often think about storytelling and about influencing people and moving people. And I think of the behavioral science guys video about the kids and the smoking. Right. Yeah. And, and where, you know, you've got a couple of kids who are trying to pass on information uh, to a group of smokers and it doesn't really, it doesn't help them. They ignore the kids. But when the kids came up with a fake cigarette and that can I have a light, oh, wow, those guys reacted, you know, those, they, well, what are you doing? You shouldn't be smoking. It's not good. It's not good for you. And then they started talking about their story. Um, yeah. And then, and then Granny uh, and Patterson talked about the fact that when you are trying to motivate people um, to change behavior, when motivation is, is what you're looking to imp, uh, implement uh, or to bring about, more information doesn't help. Right. And yet, there's a tendency 
for us as educators to continue to dump more education or more information on people. More is better. We know that if you get all the information, it's going to change everything. It, it actually doesn't. You know, you're ignoring the, uh, I think you're ignoring our humanity when you, when you do that. Um, and the fact that, you know, we, we are complex entities, you know, we've got the cognitive do domain, you know, we've got the psychomotor do do domain, we've got the effective domain, you know, Bloom was quite clear in his research, when you're looking to educate people or build learning, you want to address all three domains equally. And yet we have a tendency to just focus on the cognitive domain, not that effective. So we're talking about presentations, but we're also talking about the fact that the presentation is really used to move people, to motivate people, to bring them to the point where they might actually change their behavior. And that's the goal. So whenever we present, we're not just sharing data. And, and if people are going into a presentation to share data, I think they're doing, they're, they're doing a disservice to the presentation. They're doing a disservice to the audience. We, we're, we're academics, we're scholars, but we also want to influence people to consider our argument. You know, we want to influence people and we do that through story. We engage them, we capture them. Once we capture them, then when they look at the data, it can make a difference. So I think we've got to find that balance. We have to stop trying to only address that cognitive domain with our presentations. This is a hard thing. This is a challenge for a lot of our students. They just want to dump more information on people. I, I, I think we have to tell more stories. <laughs> to get our students to tell more stories. What, what do you think? How do we get our students to move in that direction? Because I do see this as a challenge. You know, we've, we've got some really key videos we use, but what other thoughts? How do we move our students in this direction? What do you think? Uh, well, I think about some of the, the best student presentations and I, when there are presentations that have bullet after bullet after bullet and so much text on the, the slide and then there's a voiceover, I don't really know what to focus on. So we really need to keep our, what are the key, the few key pieces or points that we want to help the audience to move on. You know, when we did our feedback presentation last week, we, we talked quite a bit about, you know, building relationships with students is so important. I wanted that to be heard. I also wanted to talk a bit about the context and the conditions of which, of which feedback was given, the modality and the conditions of choice, ownership, and voice through authentic learning. So keeping it simple, simple enough that if I were to pick up this presentation on, on a park bench, I could understand it and go, wow, this really impacted me. Keeping it simple and meaningful, not having lots and lots of, and this is my thinking, not having lots and lots of bullets and lots and lots of words on every slide or real big fuzzy images, those kinds of things. Um, just keeping it very simple, keeping it um, sort of at the point of call of action. I, I always pose this question to folks. I say, would this presentation be something that you would share in front of your faculty as a future administrator or as a future uh, leader in your field? It, it, it's got a lot there. Is this something that you would be able to clearly do in 20, 25 minutes? You know, because you want your presentations to be succinct and you want them to hone in and focus on some key points. And I think when we focus on too much, like you said, giving too much information, too much information, too much, people get lost in the information. They don't really know what to pull, what's extract, what to extract and what's important. Keeping it simple and meaningful. What is it? What is it I want to share? What are the most important things? Two, three, uh, two to three key takeaways. That is important. And then all of your stories kind of mold around that. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. I, I like to reduce it down to this notion that if I can only get my audience to remember one or two or three things, what would those one, two or three things be? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and if we can focus on those one or two or three points, ideally it's going to be one or two, then I think we can be successful. And then, you know, we, we can establish a, a sense of cohesiveness within our presentation and use authentic stories and use experience to engage people and to motivate them to consider where we're leading them through. Because again, remember, um, we're not delivering content in a presentation. We're not, um, just trying to uh, teach people. What we're trying to get people to do is say, listen, we've learned this. We've learned that feedback is really a crucial thing and you have to have the right environment, the right structure, the, the people have to think about things properly. You know, it, it, it's a relational experience. Feedback mm -hmm. is dependent upon relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to convey that message. And I think we did. Yeah. Um, and I think it worked out quite well. And so people got that. And, and our questions at the end, I think we had a couple that led to the fact that, yeah, we, we went down that path. And so I think it was refreshing. And, and you know, I, I, I don't like to go to conferences that much anymore um, because you can take in a lot of stuff right. online. I'm not fond of traveling. And another reason I don't is that too many people just try to read their paper or they put up a bullet point on a slide and they read the presentation. Ah, mm -hmm. this is 2019. You know, we're, we're, we're a quarter away through the 21st century. You can do better folks. You need to do better. <laughs> so in light of that, we should take every presentation, anything that we build or, or do and think of ways how we could connect a story to that. Um, and also, those key points, but you know, I, I judge a good presentation by how many people actually interact with me and how many people come up to me afterwards or drop me emails and say, Hey, you know, this, this really had me thinking, I think I have some work I need to do. Can we connect? I had this from a professor who was working out of, and this was after a presentation last week out of two different states say, you know, I really want to connect with you and figure out how I might go about doing some of these things. Says, yeah, let's do this. You know, I know that I've, had or you and I have gotten someone to move from their current this is where I'm at to hmm let me think about this what 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 are the possibilities when I have a comment or two like that and and that's helpful that's good um you know that's my thinking on it what do you think well listen I think this is a good point to end on and you, you touched on something you know we, we're not going to convince somebody in a presentation you're not going to convince somebody of a whole argument in a short video but if you can get somebody to go Hmm. <laughs> hmm. You know, I, I need to think about that or, you know, hmm, maybe I need to have another look at what I'm doing. If you get that, it worked. Mm -hmm. Because really, that's the starting point. Remember, learning is the individuals making that meaningful connection. So if they're going, hmm, <laughs> it worked. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, we've caused you as a person who's watching this to go, hmm, am I you know, creating the right type of presentation. So on that note, unless you've got anything else we need to add, I think, I think we've, uh, we've told the, uh, an effective story, I hope. I, I think so. Thanks. Great. Take care.